Our next guest is Camilla Rhodes, a coordinator with Abercrombie and Kent. She is on tour here in America for her very first ever trip to our country, and she has come here today to visit a local school. They are the Journey School in Elisa Viejo, and this school requires a service project for its eighth graders, and Camilla was presenting her project to the students as a possible service project for their grade level requirements. We also, if you remember, featured Annie Hall. She was a local student that was also spearheading a service project for this same village where Camilla has visited us from. The village is called the Naktindi Village in Zambia, Africa, and through Abercrombie and Kent's philanthropic efforts, along with their travel guests and volunteers, they have been able to expand the Naktindi Community School to offer education to more than 800 students. Travel guests with Abercrombie and Kent are of course delighted with interesting travel opportunities to Africa, but more importantly, they themselves can be a part of the village's advancement, and that's where Camilla's work begins. So welcome into the studio, Camilla Rhodes, and welcome back to Nice Hall. I'm so happy to have both of you here with me again today. My pleasure, thank Thanks. you. It's wonderful to be here. So, well, Camilla, you get the award for traveling the furthest. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your journey over here to the U.S. Is this your first time? First time stateside, yes. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind trip, but um, it's been lovely to be here. Oh, very good. How long do you plan on being here, and how long have you been here so far? I've been here about uh, 10 days now, um, stopping off New York, D.C., Atlanta, Montreal, Chicago, now here, Um couple of things to do here and a few days of personal time so I'll actually get to explore a little bit of, of California which will be nice. See the beach maybe? Absolutely. Oh, very, Number one stop. Oh very good, very good. Well so um, I want you to pronounce the community in Africa that you work with and we can talk about the work, how you found your way to this and um, life growing up in Africa. Okay. Uh, yeah, I primarily work with a community just outside Livingston in, in Zambia. Uh, they're called the Nakatindi community. It's a community of about 2,800 people in total, so it's quite a large a large group of people that we're working with there. Say the number again. 2,800. Okay, so 2,800 people. And are you focused primarily in education or...? Our work spans four major areas. We do work in education, conservation, community enterprise, and healthcare. <coughs> so with this community in particular, we've got a very good scope of um, impact, a great variety of, of programs, and a great depth in all of those areas as well. Okay, good. So you grew up in Africa? I did. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Uh, so Africa is very much in my bones. It's in my blood. Um, and now very fortunate to be to be working in, in Zambia. And I live right on the banks of the Zambezi River. Beautiful, exquisite location. Um, and I'd urge everyone to, to get themselves out to Africa if they haven't been there, not only for the wildlife, but uh, definitely the people. It, it is funny you mentioned the wildlife. That seems to be the draw, isn't it, of bringing people to Africa. But maybe if you could take for a moment to reflect on what Africa means to you, um, not to draw any comparisons, but just what it is, the, um, the evocative qualities of the country, and, and paint a picture for us, if you would. 
Um, my childhood growing up in Africa was um, quite unique, I think, in comparison to to most childhoods that people have. You know, we'd adopt weird and wonderful creatures and, and kind of look after them in our homes and um, countless safaris um, through beautiful landscape and obviously with very, very iconic wildlife. Uh, the wildlife is is a huge aspect for me. It's it's something that is, is so integral to Africa um, and I have a huge passion and, and respect for um, and a kind of urgency in me to preserve and um yeah and, and our work now my work thankfully is is centered around that which which is very lucky centered around the preservation of animals and preservation of of wildlife of wilderness areas of cultures people um you know we we mentioned that the big draw for africa is the wildlife and it's definitely what brings people to the continent but time and time again what they'll come back for is is the people the people are very engaging the cultures are so diverse and interesting um and we are very lucky and fortunate to be able to give our guests an insight into that so okay so your parents raised you there were were they natives to africa as well or my mum is a is a born and bred zimbo um third generation zimbabwean my father's a brit um and and he made his way over to Africa sort of when he was a young man, um, must have been about 17, 18, and he went into agricultural school there and and met my met my mum and and started a life. And was it his intention to help uh, native people work in agriculture, or what was what were his in- initial intentions when he went to Africa? Um, I think just finding something to do to keep him <laughs> to keep him there um i don't think it was a particular passion or or anything um i think he landed on the continent quite haphazardly and then needed to find a means for him to be able to actually stay there because he fell in love yeah africa kind of gets in your gets in your bones you get bitten by the bug and it's hard to shake Oh, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? I know yes. you've been bitten by the bug, Denise. Can I you have. tell I... us a little bit about y- your interpretation of these emotions that Camilla's sharing? Well, just the excitement because of the unknown before you get there, you know, flying into Africa and you're on a different continent. But then the minute you get there and you're greeted by the the, the people there are so lovely, so welcoming, um, you know you have to come back. I mean, I think there's a saying, once you go to Africa, you know you're coming back. And um, and uh, I plan on doing that, maybe not this summer, but next summer. Um, I brought my daughter, my mother, my niece. Um, I was sharing a story with Camilla when we left uh, Africa and Kenya, uh, specifically. My niece was crying her eyes out. She did not want to leave. So uh, our plans are finding our way somehow back there and um as you know, we've started um, some projects over there with the schools, and that gives us an excuse to go. But at the same time, I just you open up your heart when you're over there, and you want to help uh, the communities and see them grow. So in a way, if you're heading there for a pilgrimage to help, you're giving back so much more, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Think of some adjectives, if you could, to describe the people for me. 
uh, warm, uh, musical, um, hardworking, because their life is hard. I mean, if you have to walk a long ways just to get water for your wash your clothing and your food, and but um, there's all kinds of people there. There's um, like Camilla's family that just made their way there a few generations ago, and then you've got the indigenous people there that's, and then you have the animals. I mean, there's just, people are absolutely genuine. So, genuine. Yeah, I would throw in humble and, and generous into the mix. Um, I mean, everyone that I've encountered, you know, they, they don't have a lot, uh, but they will very freely open their home to you um, is a, a very, yeah, very generous people. They would give up their bed if you didn't have a bed for the night and, and they would sleep on the floor and, yeah, incredibly generous people. I think they want you also, they want you to love Africa as much as they do. Oh, you know, they're happy nice. to they're happy to share um, their country and, and they're very curious about what your impressions are when you get there. Very interesting. Well, so if you're just tuning in, this is Kimberly Martin, and I'm the host of Real People OC, and we air each and every Thursdays from 4 to 5. And today I have the pleasure of having with me Camilla Rhodes and Denise Hall. And Camilla is here from the Naktindi community of uh, Zambia. And she's representing, are you representing Abercrombie and Kent, the philanthropy? They are who you work for? Or how does that work? Okay. Talk to me about that relationship a little bit. So um, Abercrombie and Kent is a huge global organization. Uh, they, They started out in safaris. Um, in Kenya and this philanthropic arm of the company started up in 1982 Uh, it started as a single program out of the Maasai Mara and has now expanded into around 30 projects spread over seven continents so they have a huge impact um, with what they're doing and it's so fantastic for in my perspective perspective to be involved in something like this because I have a huge passion for conservation and conserving wildlife and wilderness and people and cultures um, in a country that is very geared around tourism and it's lovely to be part of an, an industry and an organization that is using tourism as a as a driver of good as a as a driver of of positive impact and change. So is Abercrombie in Kent, the Abercrombie name, is that tied to what we know of here as the retail company uh, or no tie at all? So no, I was no thinking, tie at all. I was thinking maybe that there might be some tie originally with... No. Uh, it's a funny story, actually. So the organization, the founder, is a, a gentleman called Jeff Jeffrey Kent. Um, he's our founder but I mean, back in this all kind of started up in Kenya and, you know, back in the days when there was still a phone book, uh, I think he he plucked the name Abercrombie because it, it sounded quite sort of, um, what's the word? British. <laughs> British. Um, British. British and, <laughs> and kind of austere. Ah, oh, very um, good. Had some clout. Yeah, Royalty. exactly. And then, and then in the phone book, you know, having that A 
Puts meant you that up there. it started right at the top of the phone book. So just to <laughs> hark back to the technology's moved so quickly in the last few years. But yeah, that's how it all kind of started. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, I, our kids have no clue about this sort of thing. It's really, really yeah. funny. Um, to be living in these times and see the changes and to see the phone book go straight into the trash when they <laughs> drop it on your uh, on your front doorstep. Actually, not the trash, the recycle bin. But um, <laughs> but so, well, that's actually a fun, fun story because I know it's a question on everyone's mind what the ties are. And so, um, Mr. Kent, uh, was he a travel agency at the beginning or he wanted conservation from the, from the very start? Um, I mean, he came from... From a, his parents were um, based in in Kenya, and I mean, they had they had Africa and and travel also very much ingrained in them. Um, I believe he's the kind of the quintessential photographic safari. Really started with with A and K. Uh, they took, you know, back then, back in the seventies. African travel was all about hunting. Um, you know, you'd go on oh, safari to go gosh. to go hunting, um, and he really pioneered this strategy of shooting with a camera, not with a gun, um, and and getting people out into the plains of Africa to see the iconic animals, the the diverse cultures of the people who inhabit these lands, um, and showing them a different side to Africa. And, and really garnering the respect, I guess, in that the, the people that come to, to visit. Yeah, Such an important message, you know. I mean, things are changing. I mean, I guess we think about this uh, dentist that was caught, you know, hunting and and then, you know, then what came after that for, for the community and for, uh, for him personally. Um, it takes a while to change the way people think, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, no, it, it well, it's it'll take generations and generations. Um, I mean, from my side, I can't do much to stop what um, guests are doing um, in terms of or people outside of Africa. But certainly on the ground in Africa, we we do a lot to educate and um, try to get the communities that are living in these areas of importance in these in these conservation areas to appreciate the the wildlife and and the habitats that they're neighboring and and instilling in them a sense of responsibility to preserve them um not only for for themselves and and for their own uh benefits of of what that will reap in the future but um as a as a as a global citizen they they need to also have the responsibility for for protecting the lands that they are inhabiting. So, okay, so if you, um, can you tell us really quickly what brought you here for this trip to the United States? Um, yeah, all my work is is completely donor donor driven, donor funded, and um, a lot of our very generous donors have come from the states originally so they came out to africa they um came and saw our work out there and got inspired enough to to give to it and so now i've made the trip across to the states just to catch up with them and give them some personal feedback on on their investments that they've helped us with 
Ah, very good. Okay, can you speak to any of that too, Denise? Or well, my involvement is um, more in education over there, and uh, our fundraising efforts with um, providing e-readers to. Uh, right now, we have them in thirteen schools across the Maasai Mara region of Kenya and in Tanzania now, and hoping to expand that and considering that in October, just five months ago, we only had them in one school. So we're moving along, and um, Abercrombie and Ken has um, been a great partner with the World Reader Program. And uh, so that's how our relationship uh, evolves with Camellia, and, uh, and uh, it's just amazing. And my daughter's gonna continue that uh, when she gets to college next year, perhaps in a club. Very good. Well, so the two of you had a chance to come to a local school here in Orange County, and that's the Journey School down in Aliso Viejo. They are a Waldorf-inspired public charter school, and so they have some unique ways that they get to uh, share education with their student base over there. And so it was a really great fit to put you all together with them to share this. Uh, their seventh graders embark on a service project that they do t and present in the final uh, months of their eighth grade year. And it's the culmination of their education there at Journey. It's one of the most beautiful things I've seen these kids uh, do where they come together and they find a project and um, and present it as a culmination of their time at this very special school. So I'd love to know about your morning and what you presented to the students there at the Journey School today and also what you think might come of it. Uh, well, it was a fantastic morning. Um, it was it was incredible to get uh, a sort of personal insight into these children's uh, school day and, and what they're exposed to. It's a huge variety and you're covering the school covers so many different sectors um, of education and, and really making that an engaging process, um, very interactive. So it was very inspiring for myself to, to see it on the ground. Um, I did a, a small lecture for the children, uh, for the, the sixth, uh, sixth, seventh and eighth graders. Uh, just about what I'm doing in Zambia, so just covering some of our investments and our, our programs that we've got going there. It was nice. There's there's a nice bit of crossover. They've got a fantastic garden set up there, um, all very organic, and they're doing their composting, and the children harvest the produce, and um, the preschoolers are, are using it in, in snacks and meal times. So, you know, everything learning about um, sustainable farming practices to... Uh, nutrition so that's really something that we are wanting to replicate on the ground in Zambia so I found it very useful um, and I'm hoping to take some of what I saw and and learned at the school this morning and replicate it out in Zambia I think it could be a, a, a great uh, correlation and kind of bit of um, cross-pollination cross-pollination <laughs> yeah. yeah very fun very fun did uh, you have any of the students come up and say they wanted to take up the some of the causes you shared with them today as a possible uh, eighth grade project for them um I'm not sure we didn't really talk about who would adopt programs for their eighth grade service programs um, but I mean certainly there was there was excitement and and interest in being involved in in kind of being able to help out in Africa. And I think we really open these children 
and expose them to to global issues um and yeah i think i think we really got their cogs turning a little bit so oh, they were very, very excited about it um i think very excited to start collecting bikes we've got um a big a big bicycle initiative that we're going to be rolling out across africa started up in zambia very successfully um we have uh, over a thousand bikes got shipped out to zambia we have 10 women in full-time employment now from this initiative so it's a great women empowerment scheme and and it's a very successful and viable business these women are selling the bikes and they're doing the ongoing service and repairs to the bikes and and just in four months they've managed to generate over twenty thousand us dollars in profit and from that profit they're starting to um, sponsor orphans at the local community school there we have an upcoming maternity ward extension that we've got planned building so they're going to be um, investing in that as well so very keen to give back to their community as well so hopefully some of the kids at the school can be a part of that whole initiative and um, and pay play a very integral first um, role in it collecting the bikes that will get sent over to become this driver for economic change and and a kind of su- sustainable transport solution as well. Boy, that's actually wonderful. So that was one of the programs that you talked about there at the Journey School. Can you tell me some of the other ones too? Um, we highlighted what we're doing in education from classroom construction to literacy programs. Uh, we actually have a bit of a, a different literacy program ongoing from the World Readers, but the World Readers is something that um, Abercrombie and Kent Philanthropy is going to be rolling out uh, quite largely across Africa with our, our programs that we're doing in different countries. So we have a different literacy program already in place. Uh, we've done a lot of conservation work there. We work very closely with national parks to uh, protect the wildlife that are in the park. We do sort of on the ground logistics and, and in the field assistance when there's any kind of animal immobilization or treatment that needs to take place. We've done healthcare. I mentioned um, earlier just the maternity ward extension so we've got a clinic already constructed there we work very closely in government uh, with government and whatever we do so a nice partnership with with the ministry of health so we we build these facilities and we equip them with what they need and then the government will come in and and run them and so it's a it's a good partnership and it, it, it makes everything sustainable which is the big buzzword of the day. (laughs) It is the big buzzword of the day, isn't it? So if you're just tuning in, this is Kimberly Martin, and I'm your host of Real People OC, and we air each and every Thursdays from 4 to 5. We are here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and I am pleased to be joined by Camilla Rhodes with Abercrombie & Kent Philanthropies right here, well, all the way from Zambia in Africa, and also with Denise Hall, um, our local gal here who is supporting the efforts of this wonderful organization. So Camilla, your time in Africa wasn't always that easy, was it? You had, um, you know, there was there were some hardships, right, for you and your family? Uh, yeah, I I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um, Zimbabwe, beautiful, beautiful country to grow up in. I had a very lucky childhood. But yeah, there was there was a bit of political turmoil. Um, a lot of uh, land reformations and things happened, and the, the economy crashed. And it 
it kind of just imploded on itself. So um, I left when I was around, my family and I left when I was around 15, 16. We moved up to Scotland, uh, which was a big shock to the system. <laughs> um, and, and cold. Yeah, very cold. <laughs> big adjustment. Um, I went through kind of last few years of my schooling there and then I did uh, university and uh, Durham University in, in the UK. Um, I studied zoology there. So just, I mean, Africa and conservation and wildlife had gotten into my bones. So um, just really trying to um, understand that a bit more on a kind of formal basis, I guess. And then and then tried to make my way back to Africa um, with my zoology degree in hand. And I made it eventually to the banks of the Zambezi. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. You'd do anything to get back to Africa, right? After Absolutely. After a child, beautiful childhood like that. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And so, so well, with your zoology degree, you went to find work in conservation. Is that what happened? Yeah, it's it's tricky area to get into. I found it, it um, really hard to, to crack, especially coming from, from outside the country. Um, I mean, even with my childhood and, and experience in Africa, it was really tough to get into. So... After, I mean, I spent a, well over a year trying to do this. And then um, my father kind of sat me down and said, you're going about this all wrong. You're you're wasting your time. Um, you need to do it like this. <laughs> and kind of pointed me in the right direction. But it, and it worked out for the better. Um, every You mean the parents' advice worked? <laughs> <laughs> I just being right? a parent and all, I, I just kind of want to drive that point home for any and all students listening that, you know, your parents might know a thing or two. <laughs> just a thing or two, not much more than that, but just a thing or two. <laughs> so, yeah, following his, his advice, um, I, I started approaching safari organizations. He said, just get yourself into into a lodge, into a camp in Africa, um, regardless of what you're doing when you're there. Just get yourself there. At least you're on the ground then. And um, all of these organizations, all of these camps these days, you know, they're operating in in pristine wilderness areas that, that need to be preserved. Otherwise, you know, their whole industry would, would collapse as well. So they are going to great lengths to to preserve and conserve what what is around them both in terms of wildlife and habitat and making sure that the people are benefiting so that's what I did and I approached a lot of different tour companies um and then then after a while very luckily got got offered this position out in Zambia Ah, very good. That's what led you to Abercrombie and Kent and yeah. philanthropy. Okay, so if anybody is interested in knowing a little bit more about this organization, which is, like you said, a huge global organization, but it also has some really interesting travel components for somebody that wants to head to Africa, but they want to do it maybe mindfully with the um, with the ecology of the land in you know top of mind, right? With a company that mm. uh, presents it this way, is that? The the greatest thing about about A and K is that we have someone like myself in each of these countries, um, and and our role is just to handle the conservation and philanthropy investments that we're doing. So there's there's a great girl up in Kenya. There's somebody else in Tanzania. You've got another person in Botswana. So you can come and travel through these great countries, and you can have fantastic safari experiences. Um, but, you know, we will also take our guests out to see firsthand some of the work that we're doing 
and yeah, peace of mind knowing that it's it's all done responsibly, um, and you're traveling with a company that is making active investments to to preserve what you're going to see. Very nice, very nice. Um, a resource for that and to find out more is akphilanthropy.org, right? Yeah. akphilanthropy.org uh, to find out about Abercrombie and Kent. Love the fact that they picked the name out of a phone book. That just, <laughs> just is so funny to me. Um, so I'm really pleased to hear that uh, the Journey School and their students may pick up the uh, interest to uh, help fundraise and bring bikes and whatnot. Um, talk to me a little bit. Can a local person that's listening, can they help with that cause? And, and would they maybe probably contact the Journey School? Or how would, how would we go about encouraging any of our listeners? Absolutely. We'd want everyone in this community to, to get involved if they wish to. Um, I will be back in Zambia, um, but um, Denise will probably be, be on the ground here to kind of assist. So um, she might be able to give a bit of a better insight into how the people can come forward. Okay, good. Absolutely. I think there was a big conversation today at the Journey School about fundraising with used bicycles and good working order. Um, we need 400 of them to fill a shipping container. Okay. And we'll work with Abercrombie and Kent and shipping these bikes out. So if anyone has any used bikes, uh, we might want to... Uh, alert the journey school that they might be getting <laughs> random, many, many random used, used bikes, bikes dumped landing up. In the, they in have the quite a lot. bit of property, though. I think they can store them there. I think they can, too. If you want to do that a little more responsibly, you can contact the journey school at journeyschool.net and uh, check with check with the people over there to see if uh, there's something that they a place they'd like you to put them. I know I have a couple bikes sitting in my yard that I can I can bring them down send somewhere. Send yeah. them out to Africa. And change a life. Absolutely. But they absolutely do. I mean, not only do they empower women and they teach them business and they and these women give back to their community, but they also give incentives for the students to uh, keep their grades up. They get a bike. They get a ride the mm. bike to school. There's all kinds of ways you can use these bikes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, so we're um, drawing down on our time. So I want to hear a little bit more about some of your observations here in the U.S. and what you hope to achieve while you're here um, spreading your message. Um, I'm, unfortunately, my observations thus far have largely been from inside airports and hotel rooms. <laughs> I've been on such a whirlwind trip. Uh, I've spent very little time on the ground, but... It's been amazing to see, um, sort of, I started my journey here in, in New York and it was great to see all the kind of quintessential um, New York things going the, on the there. The iconic places. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. But but it's it's been amazing. I mean, LA is, is kind of like America on steroids. It's just bigger and, and better <laughs> and um, quite overwhelming at times from, from my little nest on the banks of the Zambezi. <laughs> But it's been fantastic exposure, um, beautiful cities, um, lovely people, very generous people as well. So great trip. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and one of the things that we touched on but we didn't get quite there is the possibility of internships with the organization. So um, in the future, they might be rolling out some opportunities. If we have any students listening, <clears throat> those will take form uh, probably shortly, right? Yeah, it's something that we're looking into. We want to kind of start to um, 
bring up the next generation of conservationists and philanthropists and and give them this experience out on the ground in Africa to really kind of instill in them some of these concepts and um, ignite something in them, I guess, and, and get some first-hand practical experience for them so that they might then go on, study further, and, and then come back and be a key player um, in the in the sector and in the industry. Um, so yeah, I've I've got a couple of, of girls coming out to me uh, later this year to help on some of the programs. So I would, um, my advice would be just to maybe keep an eye on the website. I'm sure there'll be news circulating about it and opportunities that might be available to come out. Perfect. That's again, akphilanthropy.org. Ladies, any final thoughts? It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. No, thank you very much for taking the time. I really appreciated it. Thank you, Kimberly, also, and spreading the word of um, the sustainable ecology and tourism. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, ladies, and we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on all of your efforts. Thanks.